It's the Big Baseball Podcast with Kyle and Drew Charters. With a couple of weekends left in the Big Ten, Michigan has taken control of the league. Can the Wolverines be caught? We'll take a look on the Big Baseball Podcast. Kyle Charters here with Drew Charters, plus a conversation with John Anderson. After 38 years, the veteran Minnesota coach certainly is not shy about his opinions. He shares those about his team, his schedule, the Big Ten's unbalanced schedule, the NCAA, and more. So looking forward to that conversation on the podcast today. Drew, no rain for two consecutive days here in West Lafayette. It's a miracle. It's it's amazing. (laughs) How did it happen? I don't know. Certainly uh, looking up in terms of weather and looking up in terms of Michigan. Yeah, absolutely. The Wolverines, uh, excellent over the weekend in sweeping Maryland. It's our big story for this week. Michigan now two and a half games up in the standings at 14 and three ahead of Indiana at 12 and six, three games ahead in the loss column with six games to play. Yeah, they're just playing extremely well right now. 11 straight victories for Michigan. Last year, remember, they won 20 straight games in the middle of the season, 11 straight Now, this year, they're holding opponents during those 11 games to only 28 total runs. Uh, This past weekend, they scored 33 against Maryland. Jeff Criswell, you talk about Michigan's pitching staff. Mm -hmm. You're talking about Kaufman, and you're talking about Henry. Henry. You've got Jeff Criswell there as well, 4-0 in the Big Ten with a .057 earned run average. Hmm. Yeah, not bad. Sort of the... uh... The forgotten, he's not forgotten, but he's the third guy of that crew and playing very well. Now look, so they're ahead, the Wolverines of Indiana, but Michigan against Indiana this weekend at home, so the Hoosiers could make up some ground. Then Michigan wrapping up the Big Ten at Nebraska. So a couple of opponents for the Wolverines in the uh, next two weeks Still, I don't think this is over, but Michigan has put itself in a really good position with six games to go. Maryland, meanwhile, the Terrapins dropping that series, falling back into a tie for eighth in the Big Ten. Minnesota and Illinois come alive over the weekend. Let's start with the Gophers. Man, that was a heck of a weekend for Minnesota. (laughs) Look, they win 18 innings and what was supposed to be a doubleheader, they decided to combine the nine inning games into one big game, like a super game. <laughs> yeah. 18 innings, they get the victory against Ohio State. What, what is more impressive, I think, uh, than this, and, I, and I'll ask John Anderson about it a little bit later, is to be able to come back from the 18 and win two games then on Sunday. I mean, that's a pretty good weekend, to say the least. Yeah, that's a lot of baseball in a short amount of time. It's it's hard to win at both games of a doubleheader anyway. and doing that after playing the 18 inning game is just huge for Minnesota. Remember this Minnesota team was picked by the coaches to win the big 10. They struggled early. They're coming alive at the right time here. They got their first series win here last weekend since March. A couple games were close, but the series win uh, anyway, the bullpen over the weekend, 18 innings pitched, just nine hits given up, scoreless baseball. They struck out 22. They held the opponents to a 148 average against. All right, Illinois, the Illini win their first two against Indiana over the weekend. Uh, Dropped the third game, but they took two or three against the Hoosiers, and in doing so uh, in those first two games, 
held IU to only a run in 18 innings. Yeah, just six hits in those wow. 18 innings by IU as well. So uh, it's pretty difficult to hold that IU team who leads the nation in home runs uh, to that little amount of runs, just one run there. Uh, but Illinois did it. They've now won nine of their last 12 games. They're ranked again. Now they slide in at 25th, but that's ranked uh, in a couple of polls. Uh, so they're playing well now as well. Uh, we'll talk about this a little bit later in our lineup. Uh, ben Troike, a key member of that, uh, of that defense, of that lineup, uh, got hurt late in the game. Uh, we don't know how long he's out, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, some key guys yeah. got a little bit nicked up. We'll talk about that during uh, the lineup. All right, biggest surprise of the weekend, uh, Nebraska struggling against Northwestern. The Cornhuskers dropped the first two before winning on Monday. And for Nebraska, that's uh, you know, a, a team that's in the hunt for the NCAA tournament, dropping two games like that. Not that Northwestern's terrible, but I think you expect to go and win two of the three, and instead the Cornhuskers struggle in the first couple of games. At a point in the season where you can't afford to have a slide, mm-hmm. Nebraska's having a slide here. They've lost t- seven of their last ten games. Yeah. They're just four and eight since sweeping Penn State. Uh, and it doesn't get any easier for Nebraska. They've got Arizona State this weekend, uh, and then Michigan to finish out the Big Ten season. Yeah. So that's their only six games left here. Uh, they just didn't score very many runs against Northwestern, just two runs in each of the first two games. That wasn't enough. They did get the Game 3 victory to avoid the sweep, but a disappointing weekend for Nebraska. Yeah, that remaining schedule is both good and bad because the Cornhuskers need victories, and they need important victories. Uh, but they, they have to win the games. Yeah. Uh, so th- they'll get opportunities against a couple of good clubs. All right, so that's the out-of-conference uh, weekend series, Arizona State at Nebraska. Let's take a look at the uh, six Big Ten matchups. The big one is obvious, Indiana playing at Michigan. That's the number one versus number yeah. two in Ann Arbor. I mean, Michigan can can really can they can they win the the big 10 I didn't look at this this closely maybe we should have prepped this but they can yeah. I mean if they sweep Indiana then they will have they'll be like five and a half games up yeah they will have won the league I feel like yeah. we should have checked on that but yeah. anyway uh uh a big a big series and you know opportunity for Indiana to get back into it an opportunity for Michigan just to end it yeah huge best pitching staff versus the best offense in the big 10 basically here uh Illinois just held the Indiana offense down can Michigan do the same? Yeah, look, Michigan can win the league outright. They would just need uh, – I hate doing the math live. Uh, they would just need one win, right? Because that would drop Indiana back to uh, seven losses. Nebraska would have uh, eight losses. A couple teams in there with seven. So, I, I don't know. I can't figure out the math. But uh, Michigan can just win it outright this weekend if they take care of Indiana. So, something to watch for in that series as well. Uh, Maryland at Minnesota. That will be a big series for both those squads for different reasons. Minnesota with another opportunity to pick up more victories. The Terrapins, who had a good string there, we knew it was going to be difficult down the stretch. Man, they've got to get some wins if they're expecting to get back into the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, it absolutely doesn't get any easier for Maryland. They've got Minnesota here and then Iowa uh, to finish off the Big Ten season. Uh, Minnesota, out of it for the Big Ten race, but... They're still fighting for an at-large bid, uh, and I think they basically need to win out here. So as many games as they can get uh, to try to make their resume stronger for that at-large bid, uh, Maryland obviously fighting for that last playoff spot. It'll be fun to watch. Michigan State at Iowa, and the Hawkeyes coming off 
a good weekend to say the least. Michigan State, though, has won back-to-back series against Northwestern and then at Purdue over the weekend. So this is a Spartan team that was a mystery for much of the season, playing a little bit better, uh, but uh, against a Hawkeye team that is that is really playing well. Yeah, Iowa, similar to Minnesota, fighting for that at-large bid, uh, trying to improve their RPI. That's been the, the part of the resume uh, that is a little behind other teams, but they just beat UC Irvine two out of three, so that helped the RPA. They're back to ranked again, so they'll look to uh, grab a couple of games at least against Michigan State here. All right, Purdue at Illinois. The Boilermakers really slipped up over the weekend. Michigan State at home needed to win that series at the very least, it feels like. Maybe needed to sweep the Spartans. Uh, we'll see, though, the field coming back a little bit, too. So maybe the the magic number of 12 for these teams to slide in at the 8 spot might be a little bit high. So we'll see. But Purdue going over to play at Illinois. Uh, the Illini coming off a good weekend, taking on the Boilermakers. Uh, this is a big series for both these squads, particularly for Purdue, it feels like. If they want any chance to get in the Big Ten tournament, they're going to need at least a win against the Illini. Yeah, and, and Illinois trying to separate themselves from that bunch in the middle of the Big Ten. They set sixth right now at 10-8, and eight, and they really want to get separation into that top tier, uh, and they could do that against this Purdue Boilermaker team. So Northwestern at Rutgers, both teams in need of victories to get into the Big Ten tournament. And Penn State drew at Ohio State, and the Buckeyes need to get rolling again. Yeah, they've just won one of their last six games. They try to rebound against Penn State here. Penn State's obviously eliminated from the Big Ten race, so so just trying to pick up as many victories as possible. But Ohio State with a good opportunity to get back rolling. All right, award winners for this week. We need to give away Big Arm and Big Bat. Let's start. Uh, let's start with the arms this week. A couple of good performances around the Big Ten. Give me a couple of them. Hey, Andrew Salfrank pitched well for Indiana in their lone victory of the weekend against Illinois. Seven innings, four hits, eight strikeouts again for Salfrank. Uh, Griffin Smith for Ohio State uh, went eight innings, gave up five hits, three runs, eight strikeouts. Sam Thorson. I'll talk about him here in a few in the lineup, but another good outing for Sam. Six innings, just a hit. Uh, one earned run, six strikeouts. Uh, Reese Edens for Nebraska pitched well. Uh, you've got Cam McDonald for Iowa. Trent Johnson for the Boilermakers went six and a third of three hit baseball and five strikeouts. Mitchell Tyranski, you could make an argument that he could be our winner this week. Seven and two thirds innings, six hits, no runs, just a walk and 10 strikeouts in a 5 1 victory at Purdue. Tevin Murray for Rutgers pitched well. Uh, this week, too. But we'll go back to Champaign with Illinois. Andy Fisher, a 4 to nothing shutout versus IU. Tough to do. He went eight innings, just gave up three hits, no runs, nine strikeouts, and a couple of walks. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think that's, you know, there were a couple. You throw Tyranski in there, Murray, who pitched well, eight innings, uh, just a couple of hits, nine strikeouts. But Fisher, I think considering the opponent, I think you have to put that in there as well. Our big arm for the week, Big Bat. few guys in here, I think, uh, among our leaders. Who you got? Uh, we'll go uh, Elijah Dunham for IU. Had a couple of home runs on the weekend. Uh, for Illinois, uh, Michael Massey and Zach Taylor both played very well, both in five games uh, over the week. Uh, Minnesota had Riley Smith. Uh, Eduardo Estrada was just three for six on the weekend, but had two home runs for mm-hmm. Minnesota. Jordan Kozicki. Had a couple of more home runs. Jack Dunn, who won the Big Ten 
Player of the Week hit 470 over the week with seven RBI. Alex Arrow for Northwestern as well. Aaron Polinski for Nebraska had a home run and hit 500 on the week. Um, we'll go through a couple more here with uh, Blake Nelson for Michigan, a couple of doubles. Uh, Wogu for Michigan had a couple more home runs. Shimaleski for Michigan State. Kevin Walsh and Carmen Scalfani uh, both played well for Rutgers. Uh, but we'll go to Iowa for the big bat this week as Isaiah Fullard was 6-for-13 for the Hawkeyes. Had a couple of home runs, both in the same game. Had three runs scored and five RBI to win our big bat this week. Yeah, as Iowa took uh, two of three from then number 25, Irvine. So uh, a deserving big bat for Fullard for the week. All right, uh, our conversation coming up next with the uh, the Dean of the Big Ten, 38th year head coach at Minnesota, John Anderson. We'll talk to him next on the Big Baseball Podcast. And happy to welcome in John Anderson, now in his 38th season in Minnesota, a guy who last month went over the 1,300 career wins mark. We're very excited, Coach, to have you on the program, particularly coming off the kind of weekend that your crew did up there over the weekend, sweeping Ohio State in a, uh, what would you call it, an atypical fashion, I think, with the schedule getting all bounced around then having to play 18 innings. I guess my first question is, Coach, have you recovered from the weekend? Are you doing okay? Oh, boy. <clears throat> yeah, you think uh, being in the game as long as I have, you've seen it all, but uh, I think that's what's unique about baseball when you there's always something else that will happen along the way. And uh, that was the longest game for me, 18 innings in my career, and uh, started with a no-game Friday. We had a rain and we had a TV game at 8 p.m., and it seemed like we sat at the ballpark forever there and then came back and, and the next day and then ended up in that 18 inning affair, inning affair that we couldn't start till two o'clock because it was a big 10 game. And, and, uh, so it was, uh, it was wild. We have a policy in the league. You can't start a game after 9 PM. So that was part of the problem on Friday night as well. So it's, uh, when you have weather and, and, uh, television and, and all the variables come together at one time, um, it can make it difficult. It was, it was funny, at least from our perspective, maybe not from yours, that you guys were scheduled to play two, and then as it turns out, you played 18 innings. It just wasn't two games. No, and, uh, <laughs> you know, that was, that was the odd part. I, and I think some people came out for the second game, and, <laughs> and, uh, and they got a second game, but it was only counted as one game in the standing. So yeah. it was bizarre, no question about it. It was odd. And uh, we just, uh, Greg Beals and I from Iowa State made a decision after the game and consulting with our administrators that uh, made no sense after being out there, you know, for uh, almost a six-hour game plus two hours for pregame and, and the kids hadn't eaten. It wasn't uh, really going to be in their best interest from a student welfare, welfare perspective and the umpires that we try to play a second game. So, yeah. You know, you, you did end up playing then two on Sunday. I thought what was impressive – to me was to be able to play that long on Saturday, you know, get the kids rested up a little bit, get them some sleep overnight, get them some food, as you mentioned, and then be able to come back and win two on Sunday. I mean, a split there, not that you're ever happy with losing a game, but, you know, a split there, you're probably like, okay, 
you know, we made it through sort of a crazy weekend. But for your kids to battle the way that they did and, and come back on that short turnaround, play two games on Sunday and win both of those games, I mean, makes for even a more impressive weekend. No question. Um, you know, I think uh, it's really, really difficult. Uh, anytime you play a doubleheader, it's really hard to sweep somebody yeah. in a doubleheader just because of the game itself and the percentages and the energy that it takes. And a lot of things have to go well over two particular ball games. And the league, in my opinion, is so balanced and everybody's got somebody. And uh, so it's uh, it's a real challenge. We tried to break it down for them on a little simpler for them on on uh, Sunday that don't look at it as we've got to play ATAs today. Look at it, you know, uh, just just try to take it an inning at a time and let's get through the first inning and the next inning and try to find some energy and focus here to to just uh, keep attacking it, uh, you know, just one inning at a time. And uh, you know, I thought they did a really good job of that. Uh, we started out the game on on Sunday and what's been our mo all year. We lost 1,200 bats from a very good lineup last year, and we just really struggled with trying to get a big hit with guys in scoring position. And we had a whole host of base runners in the first three or four innings of that game and just couldn't get a big hit. And I think there was an opportunity there for us probably to lose some focus and energy, but the kids didn't. And we ended up finding a way to get some big hits as the game went along and won 11 to two. I, I, I thought that was impressive. That was our MO on Saturday. Uh, we couldn't, we, we left uh, 24 guys <laughs> on base and yeah. we just, we couldn't even not, we didn't have opportunities and we had opportunities with guys in third and less than two outs and, and so it started out the same way on, on, on Sunday, and I, I felt maybe the kids were going to cash it in here, but uh, they didn't and found a way and, and came back, and, and, and we got a big two-out hit in the bottom of the eighth inning from Riley Smith on the second game uh, and, uh, on Sunday after they got the 2-0 lead uh, early in the game on us, and uh, we had a couple solo home runs to tie it up. So I uh, that was an impressive effort by our kids, and uh, uh, I'm not sure – you could have predicted what was going to happen there and uh, probably couldn't have pointed much blame at anybody if it hadn't gone that way. But, yeah. uh, so I was proud of that. Um, and, uh, the effort they put out there and the energy and there were, there were a lot of kids on both teams dragging towards the end of the hmm. second game. You could see it Sunday, the swings were slowing down and the kids were hanging on their knees a little bit more. And, uh, so it, it, it was, it's unfortunate. We played 36 innings of baseball in 24 hours. About, so <laughs> yeah, think about that. Yeah, that's that's pretty impressive, and to be able to do it and come away with three wins is even is even more so. I think. Let's talk a little bit about your team. You mentioned you know all the at bats that that graduated and moved on from your team last season. Yet a lot of people, and, and wisely so, I think, respected your team enough to consider it to be among, if not the favorite for the Big Ten. So those of us who did do that, did we overlook all that you had to replace too much? Uh, what do you think about sort of how your team, you know, came out? I and mean, you had the schedule, it was difficult and, and all of that. But this has to have been a little bit of an interesting season for you just because, you know, the expectations were high, but you still had to, to piece things together a little bit. Yeah, I was I was concerned about our offense and just, uh, you know, uh, what we we're going to be able to do offensively and was hoping that some of our, our sophomores and juniors would take another step. I, I've coached long enough to know that, there are very, very few freshmen that can come into Division One baseball and really be able to be a, a high-level performer offensively. Uh, it's just too big of a jump. Um, need too much information, plan and approach, and and understand how people pitch at this level. And, and you don't get pitched the same way at this level as you do in high school or traveling baseball or whatever. So it's it's just, there's very few. There's some special ones out there, but not many. 
and um, I was concerned about that. Um, I think the the obviously the attention we did get in the preseason, I think, had to do with our pitching staff. We yeah. had two freshman All Americans coming back. Patrick Fredrickson did not get out of the gate well, and, uh, and then we had to took Max Meyer, who was our closer, and made a starter out of him. And uh, so all of a sudden, uh, you lose Reggie Meyer, our starter from last year on Friday, and he he leaves and signs, and then you take Fredrickson out of there, and you lose a couple hundred innings of starting pitching, and move Max Meyer to the front end. He hasn't been a starter in college, and that's been a work in progress. That's a whole different ball game than pitching at the back end. And so our pitching got moved around without Patrick in there, changed some things, and and then we played a daunting schedule. We played yeah. the first 21 on, uh, games on the road. Um, I think we still have a strength of schedule. It's in the top uh, 10 or 12 in the country. Um, and uh, we got tested big time offensively by some outstanding pitching and teams and programs. And and I think that impacted our, our development offensively as well. Um, we just have seen a lot of really good pitching all year long. And and uh, so I think that slowed that, that, that progress down as an offense. Really, you know, really haven't had uh, guys to run our offense through like we did last year, whether Taryn Vavra and Mike Coffey and uh, Toby Hansen and Alex Boxwell. And we had, you know, senior, junior guys with lots of at-bats you could run your offense through. And I thought Eddie Estrada would be one of those guys. And he's had some good plate appearances, but he's had injuries all year and hasn't been able to keep him on the field. And I think our success this weekend was because he was in the lineup and yeah. uh, he did some big damage for us. And we just haven't had a couple of guys to run our offense through, to be honest with you. And it seems like we've, we can get people on, but we have lots of breakdowns and at-bats with guys in scoring position. We can't get the big two out here. A lot of strikeouts with guys in scoring position. And and I've said many times, it takes a long time to develop a line, strong lineup that can score consistently. And that's what we had last year. We had two seniors at eight and, eight and ninth in the lineup. And, um, you know, so... Um, my leadoff hitter was a senior, uh, fifth-year senior. So I mean, it's just it's an entirely different offense, and I think that's what's happened here. Um, yeah. The the offensive production just hasn't been there. Our pitching has really settled down, and we're trending in the right direction. Patrick Fredrickson is back now. He pitched out of the bullpen twice this weekend, um, so I think we're trending there. Um, we got to just try to find a way to just score four or five runs, and based on the pitching development and where we're at right now, I think if we can do that, we can we can finish strong. So you've got Max Meyer up there on Friday nights. You know, he's in the lineup. I think he started 30 games for you, has 31 hits. Uh, give me something that Max Meyer cannot do. Is there is there anything that he can't do? Well, <laughs> well I think what we're learning, I had Matt Fiedler a few years ago in 2016. He was player of the year, and he, he pitched and he DH'd and played in the outfield a little bit. And I see the same thing happening to Max a little bit. He's, he's getting tired. Um, his bat has slowed down. Mm. Didn't hit him um, uh, on uh, Sunday at all. Took him out of the lineup. Uh, he's tired a little bit, and um, his bat has slowed down. So I, I think the rest of the year we're going to really be careful here how much we use him as an offensive player. We really need him on the mound, and I think what he's got left here in the tank, I think we've got to focus on pitching. And so I think you'll see a little bit change in how we use Max in terms of the designated hitter. Um, for that reason, and um, I want to protect him and his body and his career, and, and want to see him be able to finish strong on the mound. So we'll probably back down a little bit on his his, his hitting here as we finish out the year, and uh, and maybe in a few weeks he'll get he'll feel better. But I think right now that's kind of the plan. Yeah, not a bad plan. I don't think guys can you know he he does so much for you guys. It's it's not shocking maybe if he uh, is a little bit tired. You mentioned uh, the schedule. 
it, it, you know, very good schedule during the non-conference, uh, certainly pre-conference season. But even just over the last five, six weeks of the season, let's go through this. The last five weekends before Ohio State, Nebraska, likely tournament team. Michigan tournament team. Illinois, likely tournament team. Oklahoma, likely tournament team. Indiana tournament team. I mean, you guys, even during the stretch here recently, have played a, a really good schedule that I think has, has tested you guys and maybe set you up for that Ohio State series. No question. I've been telling the guys all year, you know, I like playing good competition. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I like scheduling strong in the non-conference. Yeah, you can get some losses, but I think the benefit there is the growth in your team and players, whether it's going to happen this year or in their careers. I just think being exposed to good competition, facing having to get good hitters out, having to, uh, you know, face good pitching and figure out how to put together quality of bats against strong pitching, play defense at a high level where there's no room for error when you're playing against good people. I think it has benefit. You got to you, you got to find ways to not let the kids lose their confidence and understand that it's a process and how we're going to use the information to learn and grow and get better and help us. So, I agree with your analogy, and uh, I, I agree. I think uh, what helped us this weekend was the schedule we've played. I, I told them you're not going to see anything in the Big Ten you haven't seen in the non-conference, and uh, you know we lost a tough game at Indiana. We were up, you know, seven to what was it, it was seven to three. And had our, our, our closer out there is had a Brett Schultz who's had a, a wonderful year for us, and he gave up four runs to them, and they lead the country in home runs. They knocked a couple yeah. of balls out of the ballpark and beat us on a walk off, and you win that game, you know, and you be, and you beat Indiana on the road two out of three. So, um, you know, it, it it's uh, so it's if you look at our league standings, I think that's and I voiced this when Rutgers and Maryland came in the league. I don't like playing just eight of twelve opponents in the league. Mm-hmm. And I think the schedule, you can't predict it. Some people get scheduled top-heavy like we have, and then there's other people that get scheduled uh, bottom-heavy. And so there's not very many real predictors of, of who's who here in the standings, and that's what I don't like about it. Um, and um, so, um, it, uh, it, it, in my opinion, I think you can do some predicting here of who's going to win in the league as the league starts to unfold just based on who plays who at home and on, on the road, right. and what schools do not play. And some of those things come into, come into focus. And, uh, you know, so, uh, we've, we've got the heavy schedule, um, and we did last year as well. So that's just the way it works out. But I suggested we play everybody in the league and, and if you can't play at home early in the year, we play, you know, uh, all 12 of the teams in the league and, and, um, you know, go find a place to play. If you can't play at home, I'd like to play a balanced schedule. I want to play the teams in our league. That's who we should be compared against. And if we're going to travel, let's travel and play to a neutral site, find a place, and, and play another Big Ten team. That would be my preference. And then I think you have a true league schedule because we can't go to divisions. We don't have a balance there. So that would be my, my preference. And then I think you'd have a better feel for the league. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, a balanced schedule would uh, would certainly give you a, a really true, I think, regular season uh, champion. Uh, so – can you make the NCAA tournament? I mean, your, your strength of schedule is there. Your RPI, I think, last I checked, was somewhere in the 70s. Do you feel like it, do you have to get to 30 wins? Will you be interested to see, you know, what the, the committee sort of thinks of your resume considering the schedule that you've played? Or are you unconcerned with that right now? I'm really unconcerned with that. I, I think we just got to still focus on getting better here offensively and uh, trying to finish strong. You know, we have a strong schedule. Um, you know, I really think we just we got to keep improving, and we got to go into the Big Ten tournament with some confidence and and, and and be able to perform a little better offensively, and and continue to to, to see our pitching staff trend upwards. I, 
I think it's really going to depend on how we finish the league and what we do in the Big Ten tournament and probably have to win the tournament. You know, um, if we get to 30 wins, maybe with the strength of schedule, but um, I think I'm just really just trying to focus on trying to get this team to improve each day and see if we can't get the tournament and, 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 and make a run there. Uh, and I think we're going to have the pitching depth to do that, and I think that's critical in that tournament. you got to have some pitching depth. And, and I think what we did over the last uh, 24 hours uh, <laughs> in being able to piece together the pitching that we did, um, I think that was the impressive part there as well. Um, you know, we, uh, we gave up four runs, two runs, and two runs, and, um, yeah. and a pretty good hitting team in Ohio State. So I think, our, I think that's going to be the key for us. If we're going to finish strong, we're going to pitch. And just uh, like I said, we've got to find ways to score four or five runs, and that hasn't been easy for us this year. Talking to veteran Minnesota coach John Anderson in his 38th season, went over the 1,300 win mark earlier this year. The league's changed a lot in, in your years. You excited uh, with where it is right now? No question. I think the league is uh, obviously the best it's been facility-wise. All the new coaches and young coaches and outstanding coaches in the league, the commitment from institutions in the league to, to the baseball program, the Big Ten Network has obviously uh, had an impact on the growth of our league in baseball and our exposure nationally helped us in recruiting. Uh, Big Ten Tournament in Omaha, TD Ameritrade, uh, I, I think gives us an, an, another big platform to promote our league. So, yeah, I, I think the only negative we have is the weather. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, that's that's the part that I think is is really holding us back, and, and the number of road games we have to play as a league uh, to try to compete nationally. And I don't like it when I hear some of these people complaining this whole debate about the, the third assistant and the Big Ten is not committed to baseball and they don't care about baseball and they're holding us back. I I, I don't I don't buy any of that. I think who's holding us back are the schools in the South because what are they doing to help us as a as a game as a whole nationally get better. I think it's a selfish position. I think we're spending lots of money in this league to have indoor facilities and outdoor yeah. facilities. The amount of money we spend in traveling, trying to play a 56-game schedule, and some of us are playing 18 and 20 home games in their schools in the country, playing 40 home games. And to come out and say that we, we're not, we don't care about the game, we're not interested in growing the game, I don't buy that argument, and I think those people need to get on board here and look at ways that we can make our game better, where, where we can play more home games, right. uh, where, the, where the average number of home games is more even across the country. And, and uh, so if they want to talk about growing the game, let's start there. And uh, uh, I don't see those people standing up and, and, and telling us that they want to play on the road more. So um, uh, that's, the, that's the only part that I think has hindered our league. It's, it's the weather and the road games and study history. You're lucky if you win 50% of the time on the road. Yeah. Probably less than that, 45 or 46%. And, and just look at the first four weekends of the league and how many road games our league plays as a whole compared to any other Power 5 conference. It's yeah. not even close. And yeah. uh, that's the part that I think holds us back from a national perspective. You push for March 1st as a start date or, or later than that? What's, what's your uh, ideal universal start time? I would like to see college baseball have its own season and start, uh, you know, April 1st. Yeah. And when all the basketball is done, uh, most of the winter sports are wrapped up um, and uh, go into the summer and uh, have the College World Series right before the, the, the football, uh, college football season mm -hmm. practice and, and get it done towards the end of July. And, and, and I think what we've seen here, you'll see it coming up here, when conference tournaments start and the NCAA tournament starts and you look at the crowds and the venues oh, yeah. that they play in and television. And you know, what's the reason? Great venues and great weather and great baseball teams all playing at the right time of the year when people are interested in following baseball. And I think it's a, it, it's a, it's really a footprint 
for what you could have if you moved your season into the summer. And then you want to see your game grow. It grow significantly. You got the Big Ten TV network that has no programming in the summer. Could use that to 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 to, to drive our league. Um, I, I if you want to if you want to see the game grow and you want to get to the next level, that's what people want. I still think that's where you got to look. Um, and we're still having baseball people drop baseball programs and de-emphasize them and, and cut scholarships in the north. And I think that trend is going to continue as dollars get tighter and tighter. If the weather's nice, the people will show up. We had it this weekend in West Lafayette, Coach. Uh... Uh, 70 degrees on Sunday, about 2,000 people at Alexander Field. They will come out when the weather is nice to watch some good baseball. There's no doubt about that. No question. And yeah. I think I've tried to push that my whole career, and, you know, I've, uh, I've, I've been pushed back by people in the South. And I think there are some people that think, well, what's wrong with it? Look at the money the NCAA tournament's making, and we're making the College World Series. I said, yeah, but only about 20% of the teams are really benefiting from that. And, right. And uh, should be more than that. So uh, I was on the NCAA committee for five years and fought hard for for change. And I did get change in the RPI formula, and that was one of the things I'm, I'm most right. proud of. My work on the committee, I really fought for that. And but um, I just think the sport has tremendous, tremendous potential. It could be a revenue generating sport if we just could get this thing uh, situated at the right time on the on the calendar. Well, Coach, I, I told you 15 minutes. We've gone over that. I'll let you go. But, man, I, I, I greatly appreciate your opinions, uh, your strong opinions, and, and the job that you've done for, for years and years up there at Minnesota. You've got a fun team to watch, and I'm, uh, I'm just pleased that you came on the, the podcast with us this week. Well, thanks for your work in promoting our game in Big Ten Baseball. I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. Have a good day. That's John Anderson, veteran Minnesota coach. We'll be back with more here in just a moment on the Big Baseball Podcast. A production of 1017 The Hammer. And thanks again to Minnesota coach John Anderson for coming on the podcast. Uh, he had a busy week, to say the least. 18 innings on Saturday, then 18 more on Sunday. So we appreciate his time. This is the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 1017 The Hammer. Let's hit our lineup and stick with the Gophers for topic number one. Okay, so... Minnesota, Drew, has Maryland at home, then at Northwestern, plus two midweek games. When you look at the NCAA tournament, is 30 the magic number? Can the Gophers, with the strength of schedule, the RPI, if it climbs up with some more victories, any chance here for Minnesota? I think there's a chance. I think every single game is must win. Uh, I think they really need to make a run here at the end of the season, and they need to make a little, probably a little run in the, in the Big Ten tourney. Uh, to be able to be in that conversation, yeah. the projections showing now they're not in. Uh, but I think they can make a change if, if they continue the winning. Starting pitching has been really good for Minnesota. We know about Max Meyer, but Sam Thorson, his last three for the Golden Gophers, 17 innings pitched, five hits, three runs, just two of those earned. He has walked 10, but he struck out 23. And watch out. Patrick Fredrickson coming back, appeared in two games out of the pin this week, four and a third inning, just a couple of hits, three strikeouts. He got the victory. That was that 18-inning game. Yeah, let's hit topic number two, talk the 18-inning game. This was a crazy one up in Minneapolis. Uh, they thought they were going to play two. They ended up playing 18 innings in one. Buckeyes and Gophers battling it out. Minnesota, what was the final number here? Minnesota left how many on base? 24? 27. 27? Yeah. Holy smokes, 27 left on base for Minnesota, which eventually gets the victory. So get this, Minnesota had 15 hits in that game. All singles. 15 singles <laughs> in 18 innings of baseball. 
the bullpen for the Golden Gophers came in and pitched 10 and two-thirds scoreless innings to make wow. sure that Ohio State did not win that game. The game went five hours and 45 minutes. Oh, my. Wow. That's crazy. As I said earlier, and I talked about with uh, John Anderson, impressive to win the 18-inning game and then come back and win yeah. two on Sunday. That's just incredible. All right, topic number three, Iowa's been great. Last week you called Iowa sneaky good. The Hawkeyes might not be sneaking up on many more now after taking two against uh, UC Irvine over the weekend. Look, Iowa's playing good baseball. Yeah, trying to improve that RPI, and it, and it did against UC Irvine. UC Irvine's ranked, uh, and Iowa came in and, and won two of three. Uh, they've won 10 of their last uh, 13 games, six straight series victories. Mm. Uh, Cole McDonald on the pitching mound, surprisingly sneaky good. He has not given up more than two runs in five straight starts for the Hawkeyes. All right, topic number four is our surprise of the week. Northwestern beating Nebraska in the first two games of that series. The Wildcats now back in the picture for the Big Ten tournament. Had been a struggle for Northwestern there for a number of weeks, but they've got a chance. Yeah, you looked at this uh, sort of matchup uh, last week, and you think that Northwestern's you know probably on the wayside, yeah. you know, uh, tough to pick up two against Nebraska, but they did just that. The weekend rotation got all moved around. Quinn Lavelle didn't start this weekend. Ryan Bader got the start Friday and pitched very well for the second straight time. Jack Dunn won the Big Ten Player of the Week this week. Uh, so just everything going well for Northwestern right now as they set tied for eighth in the Big Ten. Topic number five, let's take a look at the NCAA tournament. Uh, if it started right now, Michigan would be in. Indiana in, Illinois in, and we think Iowa in. The interesting team to me, we talked a little bit about Minnesota. I mean, they got a lot. Of, they're under 500. The Gophers got a, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of ground to cover here over the last couple of weeks. But the interesting team to me is, is Nebraska, right? Because the Cornhuskers yeah. are a borderline team. Now they get Arizona State and then Michigan here over the next couple of weeks. The Cornhuskers need wins. And they need wins against quality opponents. They will have that opportunity. Yeah, the uh, they set at twenty four and eighteen right now uh, with a strength of schedule of fifty nine mm-hmm. and an RPI of forty six. So, uh, you know, if you if we're thinking about that magic number of thirty, which we had mentioned before, uh, it's going to get tough. It's going to be tough to get to thirty with that yeah. those six games remaining. Arizona State just dropped out of the rankings. They've been ranked the majority of the season. Uh, they're no slouch. And then obviously you've got Michigan. Uh, to end the Big Ten season. So uh, it's going to be a tough road for Nebraska and certainly interesting to see uh, how the nation thinks of them in, in, in terms of you know comparing and whether they're sitting yeah. on the bubble or in it and at large. If, if Nebraska gets in, the Cornhuskers will be earning their way in. That yeah. seems pretty clear. All right, topic number six, Michigan and Michigan State play in a midweek game this week. My question for you, Drew, is <laughs> should this be a conference game? Because, of course, you look back to late March – the the conference game was weathered out, the, the last one between these two rivals. So they play a non-conference game in the middle of the week here. Should it just be a conference game? Make up for the one that they lost earlier. I think the answer is yes, but it's an unrealistic <laughs> answer. Yeah. Yes, I, yeah. I, I, I think gonna they – Not going to happen. Absolutely not going to happen. They would have had to make that decision – on March 31st, when well, that first game got canceled, but it still wouldn't have happened. No, I, I'm, I'm there's, not saying there's rules about yeah, you know you got to get. Not. Yeah, it's not going to happen. It it would be nice if it could uh, just sort of like cancel the game this week and have the <laughs> makeup game for the other one, but it's 
not how the rules go. So, unfortunate. There are some other, though, interesting midweek games. There are. IU will play Kentucky this uh, this week, uh, both good schools. Uh, Purdue takes on Ball State. Ball State's projected to win the MAC, be attorney team. Uh, and then obviously Nebraska and Arizona State will play the weekend series. All right, let's hit topic number seven. A couple of teams uh, looking in at the Big Ten tournament, Purdue and Maryland. A couple of those borderline squads that we have uh, not discussed as of yet. Purdue lost two or three against Michigan State, but I don't, I don't think you can put the, the final nail in the coffin for the Boilermakers as of yet. They're only a half game out of that tie for the eighth spot. But both these teams... Uh, speaking of Purdue and Maryland, have some pretty tough schedules to try to get themselves in. Yeah, what do you think? I mean, Purdue needs at least one victory versus Illinois and probably two, really. I mean, obviously, yeah, depending I mean, on what everybody else does, but I think it's really going to be tough for Purdue now. Uh, but that Ohio State series, uh, that's the last in. series. Could, could be, be winner, winner in for either yeah. team, really. Could you be, look yep. at Ohio State, uh, and they're probably needing four or five victories in these last six. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, down the stretch, that, that I, next week we're going to talk about this a lot, but oh, that yeah. Purdue-Ohio State series is going to be great next week uh, for really who gets into that eighth spot. All right, topic number eight, some big injuries. Though we don't think significant injuries, but uh, you know some injuries here that took guys out over the weekend and things that we'll have to watch going into this weekend's games. Yeah, for Illinois, Ben Troike out after being struck in the left hand in the eighth inning on Sunday. Troike was batting 260 with 13 doubles, a couple of home runs, 29 RBIs uh, for the Illini. Uh, Spencer Schwellenbach, uh, he's been injured once already this season. Uh, now he collided with Ocker. Uh, second time, uh, mm-hmm. again, this the, he's been hurt. He's got a 281 average with three home runs. And then for Minnesota, Ben Mazinga, uh, late in the 18-inning game. Uh, he left after being hurt. Um, he's batting 281 also for the Golden Gophers. So a couple of key uh, members of, the, of those teams, those teams all fighting for something out now for Swarm a little while. Looked like it was an ankle for him. Mazinga, maybe a foot. So we'll watch uh, those yeah. injuries going into the weekend. Topic number nine. All right, what you watching this week? I, I think I got to go Michigan-Indiana. Uh, I mean, you've got the best yeah. best pitching versus the best offense in the Big Ten. Can IU travel on the road? And win a couple uh, in Ann Arbor. I think that's the big question. Or is Michigan going to just run away with this thing? Yeah, that's the big series, obviously. We'll all be watching that one. There are some other ones here, I think, that uh, would, that will mean something. You know, any of these teams that are sitting in these 7, 8, 9, 10 spots. You look at, yeah. you know, Maryland, Purdue, those two teams playing at Minnesota and Illinois, respectively. You know, Rutgers Northwestern will be a big series for that reason. You know, whichever team wins that series has a little bit of an edge uh, for the battle there for the last couple of spots. Uh, Penn State at Ohio State. I mean, there are a lot of games. Yeah. You look at all those. Even the out-of-conference series, Nebraska taking on Arizona State. A lot of reasons to watch that one. So, I'll directly be watching Purdue and Illinois, but keeping an eye to the scoreboard as well. No doubt about it. All right, sir. It'll be fun to watch this weekend. And next, part of me sort of hopes that uh, Indiana plays well up there at Ann Arbor, so yeah. so it's not over going into last let's, weekend. Let's create chaos. Yeah. <laughs> let's do it, certainly. All right, thanks, brother. Yeah. All right, that'll end our show for this week, uh, the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 1017 The Hammer. For Drew Charters, I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. You're out!